Welcome to the Market Sell Win Podcast. Today, I am excited to have with us Rick Westenfeld, a sales sensei with over 30 years of professional sales experience. Rick has spent most of his career in the telecommunications, wireless, and consumer products industries, inspiring coaching and leading sales teams. Rick is a senior leader at VTech, a global leading supplier of corded and cordless phones and electronic learning toys. If you have or know anyone with kids, you've likely seen VTech toys or baby monitors. In our four-part series, Rick will talk about his career journey, his perspective and process on how to manage a customer relationship, and how to seamlessly transition into a new customer relationship. Plus, he'll share his thoughts and ideas on strengthening the relationship between sales and marketing. In this first segment, we will focus on Rick's career path, the skills that he's found to be important, and the impact that mentors have had in shaping in his career. So welcome to the show, Rick. Thanks, Julie. So our podcast is focused on experienced sales and marketing professionals. My goal is really to share their stories to help others either starting their career, stuck in their career, or just trying to get better at what they do. Um, not everyone has a mentor or someone they can talk to about their career, or maybe they just want to hear from somebody in sales and marketing, talk about what they do and what it's like. So in your case, my guess is that when you were eight, you weren't saying to yourself, I want to be in sales when I grow up. So tell us your story. Like what's the path and the steps that you've taken to get where you are in your career? Well, I, I think I've probably taken a different path than most people. Uh, in that I spent 11 years of my first professional life in accounting. And that's what I uh, took in school, and that's what I was interested in. And I enjoyed the, the accounting and the, and the work in that department. Um, but I also got um, some experience and introduction into the sales teams because I worked closely with them in my accounting roles, or in some of my accounting roles. And it was really interesting that... Um, I enjoyed their team concept. They seem to be much more cohesive group than let's say an accounting, even an accounting department. And I also uh, enjoyed their goal oriented uh, focus. They always had goals in front of them, whether it was quota or new customers. And of course, then, you know, then came the commissions and also the perceived fun, which at least I thought all that travel was uh, kind of fun and interesting. So that, that's kind of my path. And I had a, a mentor that moved me out of out of uh, accounting into the sales area uh, back at Mobilecom selling beepers. Interesting. That is so. You know, I, I think it's interesting when people have had um, different. Uh, experiences, you know, accounting versus marketing or whatever it might be, you're kind of able to bring that experience in. And I got to think that with an accounting background, you know, you're more numbers oriented. And so you, of course, you would get this concept of growth, but you may have looked at it more granularly than other salespeople. Do you think that's true? Yeah, that is actually uh, one of my uh, items I was going to mention today. And that is that while I wouldn't recommend anybody spending 10 years in the county before they moved into sales, um, it has helped me a lot, not only in the past with being able to uh, convince a customer why they should buy my product, why it's going to increase their revenue, why it's going to increase their profits. But also today, uh, Julie, there seems to be a lot more analytical uh, analysis going on for any products and some of the relationship and some of the old, I say old sales ways of ways of hitting the golf course and dinners and all that kind of stuff, even though some of that happens, 
Um, but a lot of things were, were purchased through relationship. But now all of these uh, customers are going to analytics and margins and profit. And the accounting background has really helped me. So I basically suggest that they at least learn about accounting, understand it. And it helped me understand how to make sure that my sales were profitable and how to make sure I maximize my commission based on the plan to make it a profitable uh, sale. Excellent points. I mean, I wouldn't have thought about, I mean, the analytics, yeah, I think because data is just, it's more available than it's ever been, I think in, in any profession. And so um, people want to see the numbers, but being able to kind of talk their talk, I would think was helpful as well. Very helpful. So once you moved into the sales arena, like how, what, how did your path work from there? And maybe like what drove you to make changes um, in your, um, in your roles or the companies that you were with, that type of thing? Well, I, I actually started at the paging company after I explained and really it was my sales manager there um, that uh, taught me some valuable lessons about running a sales team and sales in general. And basically the, the two things that he taught me was instead of doing stuff for people, like if I had a salesperson that had a question or they couldn't figure something out, instead of doing it for them, teach them how to do it. And once you teach them how to do it, not only do they enjoy the additional knowledge that they have, but they appreciated the fact that you took the time to teach them and your benefit becomes it saves you time and now you have a better salesperson. So that was one of the very first things that he, he taught me was um, to teach uh, rather than just to tell or just to do it myself just so it got done. And then the second thing that he taught me was that my sales team does not work for me, that I work for them. And it's my job to make them better. It's my job to get them promoted. It's my job to get them to hit quota, not their job to hit my quota. And that really took me back a little bit at first, but then I really understood that, you know what, if I make my people successful, then I'm going to be successful by default, default and I don't have to worry about it. And I think that needs to be transferred to all managers. Um, and, and what I mean, whether it's a county department, a shipping department, sales, it doesn't really matter. As a manager, I think you have to work for your people to make, give them their tools, make them the best they can be. And I think the best success story of a manager is that his people get promoted. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. It's just like a shift in how you you view it. Like, I, I love that idea of that you're working for them. Um, and it takes, what do you think? I, I think some people, maybe they're insecure. Maybe they're not confident in either people's abilities or they're not comfortable letting go of the reins. And that's why they kind of hold on to things. Yeah, you know, at first it was kind of a control um, I knew how to do things so it's easier and faster for me and then I knew it got done and I knew it got done the right way. But, you know, the more and more that it got drilled into me and in, in, in discussions with my sales manager, it, it just seemed to be the right thing to do and, and I learned through experience that not only did 
I lose all my insecurities, but I gained um, having the faith and the confidence in my people because once I taught their skill to them or whatever their issue was, then I knew they could handle it in a situation if I wasn't there. So it was really kind of a two-way street, both for them and for me, you know, me letting go, me learning, you know, getting rid of any insecurities of me hitting my quota to getting them to completely understand and, and the sales process and not have to uh, fall back on somebody else and gain their own confidence and watch them grow. Uh, because when I was doing a forum, they weren't growing. Right. Right. It's almost like kids, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you have to teach them and let them do it and try it on their own or they won't grow. So great, great lessons for, um, for our listeners, because, you know, I think a lot of folks are in management positions or will be at some point. And so, you know, this is the whole purpose is to, to learn from others that have gone before us. So, um, awesome. So then as you kind of grew in sales, um, any other thoughts on like what kind of drove you forward in your new roles? Well, I, I got to believe that, that's kind of a, a, a personal issue, I think, with a salesperson. And I've always been, you challenge me and I'm going to prove you wrong type of a person. So I, I've always uh, faced the challenge head on. Mm-hmm. I've always felt there was a way to solve any problem. Sometimes to my detriment, I spend too much time on trying to solve a problem that maybe is either not solvable or once you get the solution, it's really not that big of an improvement, but I've always been able to face challenges. And I think that's what motivates me most is, is the challenge out there ahead of me uh, to be successful, whether it's with my own success or, or the people that work for me, their success. Cause um, one of the things that salespeople do better than anybody else, and that is celebrate their successes uh, from a whole sales team to sales trips to uh, just their own, personal satisfaction satisfaction of knowing they get they did a job and they did it well you 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 sometimes can't even get that in a different type of a position like accounting or um, even in shipping and stuff like that you don't get that that drive that extra excitement when the job's done because you kind of just did your job right well this sales is a little bit different so i think the driving force was basically the challenge um and the excitement of achieving that challenge that's awesome. And so, so true. And I mean, now that you say it, because there are so many other professions, I mean, I, I've really grown up in marketing and we're always on to the next project. You know, we're not thinking about any of our successes. We don't take even two seconds to celebrate. So um, really interesting to hear that and, and healthy. I mean, it's motivating, really. So, yeah, every, every department should have goals and they should, they should celebrate those successes and if they don't meet the goal, then they should analyze why they didn't meet it and how can they meet it next time? You know, I mean, part of it is leadership too, right? I mean, you got to have leaders that believe in that, that think we sure. should celebrate because we're modeling, they're modeling. So, um, if, if you have time for a short little story. Yeah, of course. So I, I knew I got transferred up to Milwaukee, uh, when I still sewn pagers and I went to a team that had never made quota as a team, never had more than two people make quota in a single month. And I got there right at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, I interviewed all of them, 
you know, what was their motivation? Why do they think they weren't making it? Of course, most of them said they weren't getting the help that they needed. And But basically what I did is I set out, two things I set out. One, the Milwaukee Brewers were starting baseball in April. I said, okay, you hit quota, we're going to get a ticket to opening day. The team hits quotas, I buy everybody a ticket. We hit 110%, we're going to go and tailgate before the game. Mm-hmm. First time the entire team made quota in ever in this location. Wow. And they, and we kept doing different things, not every month, but I went on calls with them, which they said people never did before. So you're right. Leadership has something to do with it, but it's also the first time we had this hundred percent club that uh, you want to trip somewhere every year. And this year happened to be Acapulco, but the entire sales team went and it wasn't me that did it. It was them that did it. They're the ones that, that made the achievements. And I ended up with the salesperson of the year on my team. And I end up as, as the sales manager of the year because of my team. Right. Wow. Great really, story. Yeah. I mean, motivational and excellent for people to hear because, um, it, and it was your attitude, but it was, um, you know, people got to, they, they have to feel like somebody's got their back and somebody's got a vested interest in them. And I think that was probably part of the success too for them. Yep, absolutely. So tell me, um, as you've progressed through your career, like what do you think are the top three skills that you've found to be the most valuable? Um, I think the three things that, that, that I feel that any salesman needs to have to be successful is they have to have their own product knowledge. I think that is so important. They have to be able to answer the question or get the answer very soon. You know, if it's a technical product and you're not a technical person, that's a different story. But um, when people ask me questions, I either know it because I know my product backwards and forwards, or I can get that answer to them if I have to reach out to a technician and ask them if it does a certain function. The second thing is you need to know your competitors. Mm. That is that is probably one of the most important things. You cannot sell against a competitor if you don't know what their pluses and minuses are. And, you know, I've never sold by saying, oh, that competitor doesn't have good stuff. I've always told them why my product is better. Mm-hmm. And then this is kind of a funny thing, but I think you need to be a little bit of a chameleon. And what I mean by that is, that I feel most of my success or a lot of my success is that I know who my customer is professionally and personally. I know how he likes things presented to him in a professional manner. And I also know about his personal life. And there have been times where they will tell me that they like fishing. Well, I read up on fishing and learned all about it. They, they watch certain TV shows. I started watching those shows and I'd call them on Monday or Tuesday or the day after the show and say, hey, did you see this? What did you think of this? And then we'd get into a business discussion. So I think your personality, your likes and dislikes need to mold to each customer that you work with. Well, which makes total sense because it's all about the relationship. I mean, you're you're getting to know this person and the more that it's a genuine um, relationship where you're kind of taking the time to show interest in them, um, that good things will happen. Yeah. I had a customer that, um, he really liked me. We really had a lot of fun together. He was kind of a down to earth kind of guy, liked sports, which was kind of right on my alley, like drinking a little bit of beer and all that kind of stuff. Well, he left 
the company that I was calling on. It was a big, it was one of my major accounts. And people were like, oh, you got to be really sad. Your best friend just left. I said, he wasn't my best friend. He was just a buyer to me. But he thought I was his best friend. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about in that you don't need your customers to love you or anything like that. But you, you can't be, professionally you can be with them and then be you cannot be the opposite of them in their personal life. It, it, it doesn't help the relationship at all. So I think developing both that professional, uh, knowing exactly how they want to see things presented as well as the personal life and getting that relationship. And I'll tell you that personal relationship pretty much breaks all ties or anything that's close to being a tie and it'll go in your favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so I've, I don't know the numbers, but I've worked with firms where they've done the analysis and just, and it was more on the professional services side, but I think the same holds true that where there was a relationship, the, the win rate was always higher, you know, versus coming in cold. So um, I, I think you're exactly right. And you also get the first call when something new comes up. Yep. Excellent point. So, all right. So taking a look back, if we were to roll back the clock 30 years, what's one piece of advice you would have given yourself about, about working, or maybe there's something that you didn't expect that you discovered in your career. If I was to look back and I would probably, I I guess, I don't I'm not sure exactly how you want me to look at it, whether it make me a better person or maybe to go further in my career. But I'll, I'll kind of answer both of them. And one is that I probably would have learned to teach and work for my employees and my team earlier in my career, even while I was in accounting and leading an accounting team. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that has been one of the things that has made me most successful is being able to make other people successful. Mm-hmm. And as far as personally, I probably should have been a little bit more aggressive in my career path, knowing the success they've had, knowing the people that have worked for me that would give me those type of recommendations or people that I have worked with that I saw the, and had the confidence in them that may or may not have, they may or may not have had that confidence, but then they became successful. I think those types of recommendations would have helped me get further in my career if I so chose to be a little bit more aggressive. Good insights. Good insights for folks to hear. Thank you for being so candid on that. So um, I guess two quick, two more questions. If you had to like explain the day in the life, not in super detail, but for somebody in a, in a sales role, like what does it look like? Um, it, it varies a lot. Um, but basically I plan tomorrow, tonight. So before I leave or maybe later tonight, you know, after, even after dinner, I'll sit down and say, okay, what things need to be accomplished tomorrow? Who do I need to talk to tomorrow? Um, and get everything lined up. And then I follow that path the next day. Uh, There's always fire drills that come up, but I try to stick as close to my schedule as possible. And, and, Try to prioritize what's important first. And to me as the sales uh, director, it is talking with my people and finding out any issues or talking to customers. So those are the, those are the things that I put high on the list is what needs to get done first. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I'm sure we'll talk about later, but 
I never talk to a customer without offering them an opportunity. I, I don't call and just say, how's it going? I don't call and say, hey, we have a forecast and we're not meeting that forecast. I always call them with some type of sales opportunity um, when we have a conversation. Sounds kind of corny, but if it works 10% of the time, that's 10% more business you're going to get that you would have never gotten if you didn't ask. Spoken like a true salesperson. <laughs> Makes sense to me. So, and then I, oh, go on. And then I move, yeah, then I move into, you know, there's always everyday problems, solutions. Uh, you know, even if it comes down to uh, my accounting people are chasing an invoice or they're chasing a chargeback that they don't agree with. You know, all these things we have to get involved in um, when accounting reaches all of their uh, contacts that they have, then we have to get involved and try to solve these problems. So it really comes down to making sure that the business is running properly, talk to the customers, talk to the salespeople, and then move on to all the administrative stuff that is required of the job as well. Well, very helpful. I, I appreciate you walking through that because, um, you know, this is stuff you can't really do a Google search on what we're talking about here. So I think it's helpful for people to hear it from a real life person who's been doing it for a long time. So I guess to wrap uh, a softball question, um, we all have rough days. <laughs> so what is the one song that helps you shake it all off? Wow. Song. Now I've got to think. <laughs> um, wow. Or maybe it's maybe it's a it's a band or you know maybe a singer. And if you don't, that's okay too. You know, it, I think about it. I just, it just kind of pops in my head. A song that comes back to me is is really kind of funny. Um, we started it at New Year's Eve one one year. 20 years ago or however long the song came out but I get knocked down and I get up again oh yes <laughs> it kind of really epitomizes a salesperson's life <laughs> you know? so true you lose one day you gotta go right back at it tomorrow um, there was a cartoon that I saw once that had this hill and a big rock at the bottom and the first frame was the guy at the bottom of the rock and they said he was a salesman and it was titled sales quota and he pushed it all the way up to the top. And the next frame, it was back down at the bottom, starting all over again. <laughs> oh, God. So true. Well, thank you. Jeez. You know, I, I'm so grateful for you to take the time and and uh, and talk to us today. I think, you know, as we record this podcast, we're in such uncertain times Uh but even when things are more stable, having conversations with people that have experience and perspective to share, I think gives hope and direction to, to others that are, are listening. So thank you for sharing your story and your insights. Julie, you're welcome. Anytime. Take care. <laughs>